Oh yeah, it's your boy Malcolm Riddle coming at you, and welcome to another episode of American Riddle. I know I've been on hiatus for a minute now. Had a few things going on, you know, a little personal, some professional, maybe a combo of both. It's kept me off the mic. Uh, I'm going to try, I'm going to try now to get back in the mix, and uh, I'm going to need your help to hold my uh, hold my feet to the fire, you know, make sure I'm uh, doing my job, make sure I'm showing up, so to speak. Uh, one of those... Uh, brothers that uh, is checking in on me and is, uh, you know, uh, making sure I get back on the mic is Cassius Morris. We uh, recently um, did a podcast, had a a nice conversation, had a nice conversation with Brother Cassius. Uh, Cassius is a, a, I guess you could say he's a, a, he was a child sensation. I think he started podcasting when he was like 10 years old. He's now 18. He lives in Canada. Uh, he's had uh, guests like Adam Carolla on his podcast. Um, he's a uh, Joey Diaz. You know, those are two of my favorite comedians. Uh, Cassius uh, has been a, a inspiration and an influence on the American Riddle podcast and mine. Uh, just watching him do what he does, and uh, he recently reached out and wanted me to be on his, his uh, show called the Cassius Moore Show. I've been on before, and he's been on my podcast. So I said, "Hey, why not? I'll, I'll heat up the mics." And um, you know, we had uh, uh, quite the uh, quite the conversation. Kind of jumped all over the place from politics to racism to uh, the hip hop culture. Go figure. But I thought I would uh, record it, you know, in studio while he was recording it, and that way I can share it with you. So. With no further ado, here is my conversation with Cassius Morris. Malcolm Riddle, what's happening? Yeah, you know how I do it, Cassius. It's been a long, it's been a minute, right? It's been quite a while, brother. How you been? Yeah, I've been, I've been all right. Not too bad. I mean, you know, lots been going on here in the uh, Washington, D.C. area. I stay on the outskirts of D.C. and Northern Virginia, but a stone's throw away from the nation's capital. Uh, you know, okay. it's a little little chaotic. I'm sure you know you've read the papers and seen the news and watched the social media feed. But uh, you know, it's what are you going to do, huh? Well, there's nothing really much you can do, man, except for sit back and kind of watch the show. So I guess we can kind of just really jump right into it. So how has it been for you with all this crazy stuff going on in the states, living where you're living at this time? I mean, if you're if you if you in, in, in terms of what we talked about offline, just with the media frenzy of the new president, um, you know, it's there's always going to be a new president every, you know, every four years, four to eight years. This isn't a new thing, especially not a new thing of a of a rich white person running the show. You know, uh, mm-hmm. you know we had we of course we had the Obama um, uh, administration over the past eight years. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think there's a lot of hype. On both sides, I think that that people are overreacting in a lot of ways, and um, you know my take on it is give it time. You know, it, it, I didn't vote for the guy uh, Donald Trump, but uh, and I don't share many of his views or the way he uh, he governs or does business in general. I mean, yeah. I mean Trump. Uh, since we're going to get into it real quick, um, we're just going to jump into it. So, it's, right, you know, it's <laughs> it's one you of know, those. Do it over here by now. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those subjects that people get amped up, and I get amped up in it too because you know Trump. People people kind of remember the last thing they saw when, and they remember Trump as you know uh, what is it a reality show um, uh, star, and they, they knew him from the television show uh, what is it The Apprentice and stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean Trump has been around since. I don't know, since the 70s and 80s. I remember him way back in the day when he used to, uh, he he was a, a polarizing figure in the boxing community and in the hip-hop community. I mean, he was he was always there promoting a lot of the fights. They were held at his, uh, his hotels. And uh, yeah. he, he was just, he, he was glamorized in some way, some ways. Um, I, I wouldn't say he was looked up to, but when, pe- when people thought, of the man, quote unquote, the man. They always kind of looked at at Donald Trump, good or bad, you know. But no uh, you know, he he 
he gradually kind of went into the, the the arena of buffoonery, but uh, and not speaking about his politics that that came much later. But uh, you know he he's been around for quite some time, and I don't think I don't I don't know if anyone really took him seriously. But we you know we we all can read the papers and watch the news. I don't even think anyone reads papers anymore, but everyone watches TV and the news. I'm old school. Uh, you know, I'm no historian when it comes to it, but people are freaking the fuck out. You know, they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're on edge. But, I mean, look at it this way, Cassius. Okay, whatever you think of, of, of former President Barack Obama, right? Imagine the white people that freaked out when he assumed office. You know what Definitely. I mean? They didn't know what the hell. I mean, they're 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 everything that they ever saw. Every any any anything that they whatever picture that they came up with for hundreds of years from the from George Washington to the time Obama was sworn in, all that changed far as mm-hmm. the perception and who's quote unquote running things. You know what I mean? So right. uh, imagine what they thought. You know, and 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 and. Regardless of what side you fell on, I, I, you know, I assume a lot of people were, were freaking out uh, the same way they are now. But you know, a lot of people are running around, and they're saying, you know, they want him to succeed. They want him to succeed. I hear, I hear that a lot. No one wants the president to fail because if he fails, we all fail. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I, I think people should, should, you know, be cautious with their words because his success. And the cabinet that that he's chosen doesn't always mean it's going to be my success. You know what I mean? For sure. Uh, th- there's a lot of things that that him and his team can do that can, that that can actually hurt the middle class and and destroy the poor in America. So you have to you have to be careful. I don't I don't want anyone to fail, but at the same time, I like to use the term "give it time," uh, and and time will definitely tell. And at some point in time. Uh, you know, if he if he is uh, if he can if he if he chooses to take the course of a destructive path for the middle class or the poor or you know, God forbid, any 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 other direction, then he'll get voted out. But that's that's where I stand on it. I'm sure you you being on the um, you know the in, in Canada, you guys probably have your own opinion of not just Trump, but the way we view things. Yeah, I mean, I definitely do. It's kind of hard not to because it's pretty much all you read about these days. Uh, and, and I totally agree with you. I mean, I think that we're kind of, the, you know, North America or the, the states is kind of at a crossroads, basically, where you're right. He could either actually fulfill these promises he's making about how he's going to better things for working families in the middle class, or he can just run the other way with everybody's money. It's a very fine line, and nobody really knows which, which if he's going to turn left or right. Yeah, I mean, people are. I have friends of mine on, on both sides. I'm kind of stuck in the middle, but you know, it's this. This this isn't a new show. I've seen this show before mm-hmm. back in the '80s. I've seen you know people older than me have seen it time and time again. And uh, you know, I think, uh, like I said, when it comes down to it, time will tell. And and even with uh, what was it the uh, last week with the uh, women's march all over the world, and, and not so much that was all against Trump. It, it's, it's, you know, for people to do the right thing, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and, and, and the last people you want to piss off are women. It's the last, yeah. you know, that's, I think we're all in agreement there. Uh, I would agree. <laughs> outside of that, there's nothing more terrifying than pissed off white people. I mean, uh, they, <laughs> they've taken to the streets. Uh, they got, uh, they got Madonna out there parading around, pissed off, talking about blowing yeah. shit up. I mean, damn. When white people, Incredible. yeah, when white people uh, wreck havoc, look the fuck out. Yeah, absolutely, man. And that's funny. A lot of people were were kind of questioning the women's march. I know it did get a lot of positive attention too. Uh, so what were your thoughts on that? Do you think that it was kind of appropriate to be happening right now, or do you think it was kind of like you know? No, man. I'm I'm uh I'm uh all for anyone, no matter what side they 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 stand on anyone should uh come together and band together to stand up for rights if you feel you're being oppressed you need to speak up uh mm-hmm. i don't i don't think there is any 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 time uh more important than the present you don't want to wait until after the shit hits the fan 
Uh, and, and a lot of people have said that. It's like, where, where was everyone, you know, on voting day, on election day? Uh, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, the, the oppressed have been oppressed in this, in this country and in this world. You know, and the only way you can get things done, the only way you can get things changed. And a lot of people, a lot of people do not um, do not see this this way, because if you look at the world and I know our our colleague, I I use that term loosely. Joe Rogan says this a lot. We we live in a, a amazing time and probably the best time for humans but at the same time, we, yeah. can get, we, can, we can lose sight of, of what's important and get too comfortable. And if you get too mm-hmm. comfortable, you kind of forget that there are a lot of people out there that don't share your wealth. And that doesn't always mm-hmm. come in monetary forms, just comfort and rights, you know, human rights, yeah. decent human rights. And there are a lot of people out there that, uh, you know, that. That, that are oppressed. And I think that, that, that uh, uh, protesting and marching is important. And that's, how, that's the only way that things change. I mean, that's the only way, you know, I come, I, I come from a, a very diverse background. My, my, my grandparents uh, were 100% Native American, my grandfather and his parents and their parents and their parents. And, and uh, I also have African-American blood uh, in me as well as white blood, whatever that means. But the point is, I've gone out and had coffee with friends that are from different ba- backgrounds, and there was a time you couldn't even do that in the states. Yeah, like, like you couldn't go out and and ha- be in an interracial relationship, let alone you couldn't. You know, you. My mother always tells me stories about she couldn't even use the restroom or use the water fountain in the place she was, the, the town she was born, right outside of wa- uh, Washington D.C. I mean, for Christ's sake. The town she was born in, uh, 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 right uptown on on Main Street, it uh, they used to auction off slaves. So I mean, this this isn't a new story. It's it's, we, and we can't get too comfortable where we forget that this is a very young country and uh, it's uh, it's changing at a very fast rate, uh, regardless uh, to who's who's uh, in office right now. We have a lot of a lot of work 100%. to do. Hundred percent accurate, man, and and I think that it kind of hits home more for me to hear it from somebody who's actually out there living in America, because everybody I'm discussing this with, you know, is here in Canada most of the time, unless it's online, um, and that is crazy, because you know your mother was a victim of these things. That's only two generations away from mine, you know, and that's in people. I think people forget, and this has to do with you know people getting comfortable. They forget how recently this horrific racism was actually happening it was so recently and the the thing is that it still lingers on it's just in a more i think sneaky way would you agree yeah i mean i mean trump is from that era now i'm not saying trump's a a racist but if you surround yourself if your cabinet is built around people who uh you know who do not have the best interest of the and, and of of your fellow man or woman uh, who who have a record of not um, uh, being there for whether they're the middle class, the poor, black, Latino, whatever uh, uh, background you come from, uh, you know that's why people are are up in arms. And, and, and at the same time, you're right, Cassius. I mean, it is a uh, it is a very young uh, country. Speaking of the United States, and and the time, you know, you're talking the '50s, the '60s, the Civil Rights Movement. I mean, the days I came up, I can remember getting beat up, being called nigger in school. I remember going out for, I went out, I tried to 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 uh, um, go out for a play, um, a role, and I remember the teacher saying I couldn't be the 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 uh, person I wanted to to play because I was black, and then the kids wow. behind me were calling me nigger. In front of the teacher, and nothing was done. You know, I was like, wow. I was like, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, uh, and that was something that that was all the time. But you know, you fast forward. You know, I moved around the country. I experienced that in Denver, Colorado, and in Texas, Houston. When I lived there, I I, I went back to uh, um, Flint, Michigan, and then in Flint, Michigan, it's reverse racism where you would get catch the same hell from. People of your own background. You weren't black enough. So, yeah. you know, me as a kid coming up, I caught hell, you know, from from every side. 
until I, you know, got in where I fit in, where pretty much it's, it's you know, the birth of, uh, which is another subject of hip hop and hip hop culture. Um, mm-hmm, which we'll get to. And, uh, you know, I was, I was uh, very, uh, very relieved when, uh, when, when hip hop came into my life. And, um, you know, I found, uh, you know, I, I found a, a kind of a, a place of solitude where I could, I could, uh, you know, just be myself. And I had others from, you know, the Asian community to a lot of uh, brothers and sisters from, uh, from the Latino background, Puerto Ricans, um, black, white, you name it. So, yeah, it was through hip hop is where I found my peace and, and still continues to find that uh, peace within uh, the culture to this day. Absolutely, man. And, and that is something that we're going to get to a little later in the episode. I totally agree. You know, hip hop, uh, you know, if you're listening to the right kind, can definitely put a young man in line. Mm. And, you know, that's something that I've always loved about it. Uh, just a quick point going back to what we talked about, about kind of the blanket racism that still lingers on in North America. Yeah. It's very interesting, the, the kind of stuff that I experienced. I've experienced my whole life the same thing as you with the whole kind of black but not black enough thing which is very interesting uh to experience but lately the new one i've been experiencing is that uh my girlfriend is from ghana you know she's african and when we walk into a walmart mcdonald's together or whatever where it's full of old white people we're just getting so many dirty looks because they think we're an interracial couple which technically we are but they don't realize that i got black in me you know all this stuff you know it follows you everywhere well she's she she's a beautiful dark-skinned sister and uh, I, 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 I love I love how you, you two look together. So, I, I, you know, it's it's you being about, about to, you know, like looking at you right now uh, in Skype is like looking at myself year, many moons ago. I mean, it, there's there's a, yeah. a similarity. You know, I've watched you grow up over the years and, um, you know, be, being a, a fair complexioned, uh, uh, you know, black person speaking to myself in America, you can you'll catch you'll catch hell from, from pretty much everyone. And I don't think there's anyone that would dispute that, but you, you kind of earn your stripes, um, you know, here in the States by, you know, what you do. You know, it's people, in, in, at least in the black community, um, you know, they'll still mess with you and here and there, you know. It's, uh, you know, there's, there's, not yeah. a, there's not a day, day that goes by that some of my buddies you know, we'll we'll joke joke around and say something about me being in 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 the slave master's house. You know, because uh, a lot of the light skinned brothers, you know what I mean, they worked in the house while the dark skinned brothers worked in the field. So you know, we, yeah, we joke around and stuff like that. But it's it's a uh, it is a mindset, and it's it's something that people. I don't think there's you know when people say that they they they, they talk about racism, um, you know, not a world where racism won't exist. I think that it's a behavior that has to be, to eliminate it, it's a behavior that has to be practiced almost. Mm-hmm. Because the first time you get that injection of it, it's almost like it's with you for life. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it could be. I don't know. I, I just, I, I, I don't think about it that much myself. It's funny, not really funny, but I, it's, it's, uh, for you to say that you notice it more, because you and I have had this conversation where you you've said in the past a couple of years back, I think it was that racism usually never comes up in your day to day life. So now yeah. you're in a relationship, and if you just go out to the store, now it's part of your day to day life. True or false? Hundred percent true. So what is that? How does yeah. that? How does that make you? How does that make you feel? And how does that? How does she feel? Your girlfriend? What's your girlfriend's name? Can you say it? Her name's Ashley. Ashley? Yeah. Um, It's an interesting thing, man, because you're right. I do remember that episode of your podcast that we did where I was saying that, you know, racism isn't really a part of my life, uh, which it wasn't. And, you know, how it makes me feel, it makes me feel like, you know, even if I was fully white, I shouldn't be getting these looks. I shouldn't be getting any looks. I'd love to be able to, (laughs) and I'm not saying that everybody, well, everybody's staring at us because we, you know, we usually got the best outfits on in the room. Fresh. But, uh, you know, you can, you can tell which stairs are which. So, I I mean, I don't think she really notices it though. She's a little bit younger than me and I don't think she's really looking for it because, you know, I'm, a lot of the time I'm, I just have a kind of a different mindset on. I'm thinking a lot more critically. I'm really, really observing the people around me and, 
she doesn't really tend to do that. She tends to be more interested in exactly who she's with at the time. So, uh, but yeah, how does it, in terms of how it affects me, it makes me very unhappy. And that's, you know, that's not the only thing I've noticed about racism that seems to be bubbling up lately. Yeah. It's, you know, it's something you, unfortunately you have to, I don't know if your, 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 your parents ever had conversations with you on how to handle situations like that. Because uh, it could get it could get a lot you know more rough. I mean, it can you know people can actually confront you, uh, and I hope yeah. that I hope that doesn't ever ever happen. But I know I've had to sit. You know, my son, he's 15 now, and you know I've had conversations with him about um, pretty much everything from A to Z. But just about you know about specifically about racism and, and how to handle uh, you know situations. I mean, just recently I. I, I had a conversation with him in the car, and, and you know I was telling him that it doesn't matter what he does, you know what's going on, you know in his life when he's out and about, when he's with a girl or with his his boys who are mostly white, um, he's looked at different. You're going to always be different. I told him, I said, look, Jay, you don't have to do anything. You don't even have to. You don't have to get a tattoo. You don't have to get an earring. You don't have to. Um, wear flashy clothes or anything the fact that you have black blood in you you're going to pop you're going to stand out you're always going to be different that can be good that could work for you people are going to want to migrate you're going to have uh uh, more uh, some some flavor that people are going to want to want to touch they're going to they're going to want to be next to you of course he's got that type of personality also working for him but at the same time there's always going to be something different you're going to be viewed at a certain way and hopefully that's always in the positive light you know i told him but you know sometimes you have to you have to understand that uh sometimes that may not be the case so you have to Absolutely. be aware yeah no doubt about that dude and and it's it's something that you know has been brought up time and time again, and that's something that's beautiful and and why I admire artists as you know we touched on hip hop like Kendrick Lamar because he's made songs like The Black or the Berry, which you know they press on the issue that having black blood in you is a positive thing, it's something that makes you stronger and it's something that you should yeah. be proud of, and it's it adds a richer history to you, you know. So, um, how have you seen? Because I know that you introduce a lot of music to your son. How old is your son now, by the way? Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay, cool. So we're, we're kind of close in age. How have you seen hip-hop affect your son for the positive? And if there's any negative, you can add that as well. Well, you know, I didn't I, – I, I wasn't sure how he would take to it. I mean, he's, he's, he's very much my son. Like, you, you know, like, it's, it's – you'll know one day when you, when you have a child, you can tell who, who they take to. And, you know, ever since day one – you know he's he he's definitely uh, his dad's boy, uh, but uh, you know when it came to hip hop, I remember when I first got him, I got him into vinyl, and I have to say, you were a big influence on my decision to get him into vinyl. I've been trying to get him more into media and the arts uh, as of late, uh, but uh, I remember you know when when you and I first met and started uh, talking online. Uh, and, and your uh, vast vast knowledge of music and vinyl itself uh, that played a role in me getting back into um, uh, vinyl and 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 starting him off with the little co- collection. Uh, he's awesome. he has um, he's embraced it because he knows the foundation. I remember one time we were we were somewhere. I don't think we were at Best Buy or someplace, and he wanted he wanted some money for a CD, and I was like, you know, he, he never asked me for anything. He was, I don't know, he was young. He was seven or seven years old or something like that. And he wanted some uh, CD and I, he wanted some artist. And I was like, who? I can't remember the cat's name. I can't remember who it was. Uh, but I kind of questioned his choice. Uh, and I did looked up the artist. I remember looking him up. I wish I could remember his name. Um, but he, uh, I, I told him, I was like, look, I'll get you the CD. But I'm going to get you four or five other uh, artists, just so you know how this guy got to where he was. I wanted to show him the history, the foundation right. of where that specific artist came from, where he was birthed. And uh, he's really taken to it. I remember some of the first albums I got him were like uh, Beastie Boys, Paul's Boutique. Um, 
I, st- I got him a, a, a collection of, of stuff where there was Tupac, All Eyes on Me, uh, Bo- uh, Criminal Minded by Boogie Down Productions was probably one of the first albums I got him, uh, which is an album that I... That and the autobiography of Malcolm X, those are two gifts that I give a lot of people um, in my life. And it, they're important gifts because to me at that time, the first time I read the autobiography of Malcolm X, and I've read it more than once, it, it, it changed the way I viewed the world and America and myself. And it's one of the times that I was introduced to Boogie Down Productions, KRS-One, it was a similar experience right up there next to Rakim Allah from Eric B. and Rakim. But, um, you know, I, I, he's, he's embraced it. He, he's, he's, he's seen some of the greats. I mean, last year he met uh, the Blastmaster KRS-One from Boogie Down Productions. Uh, I've got pictures of him on my Instagram at Malcolm Riddle. And, he, you know, he's, he met uh, Chuck D. recently from Public Enemy. He's seen EPMD. He's seen Slick Rick. You know, he's seen the icons from from the hip hop community, you know, right up there, you know, center stage, right up there, just hanging out and, uh, you know, feeling it. And, you know, he he was seeing stuff when he was like 12 years old. I take him to the club. You know, it's there's there certain venues where it's all ages uh, here in the, the, the Maryland, uh, D.C. area. And that's, you know, I. I I think that's uh, really cool. It's very, very seldom that you see your, you know, a parent bring a child to the club. Uh, yeah. But uh, it does attract women. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, mean, I guess the book on you too, not just him. Yeah. It definitely, <laughs> definitely uh, is a magnet in some way. Uh, it, although I've not used it, used it to <laughs> its full potential. And now I really can't because my son's he's taller than I am now. So he's he's going oh, through wow. that. Yeah. He's going through that that growth spurt where. It's over, you know. I didn't even recognize his voice. He called me today, and I was like, "Who? Who's this man calling me?" But uh, yeah, his voice, like <laughs> your voice, looking bad too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he looks like us. Yeah, you know. So definitely, man. It's in the genes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm telling you. Uh, but yeah, I think he he's he's taking the music, um, and it, you know, it's a part of him. And, and it, you know, he's turned me on to some cool new new MCs. He's the one that turned me on to YG. Uh, I'm oh, from yeah. the West, and he turned me on to Chance the Rapper. So, I mean, nice. you know, he, he, he's, he's turned me on to some artists where, you know, some of us OGs seem to, you know, sometimes we can, our ears are, can, aren't as young as they once were. So sometimes we have a tendency, and I always hear this from brothers and sisters, uh, uh, you know, of a certain age where they shut down some of the new acts um, so mm-hmm. fast, but I mean, there's there's a lot of great stuff out there, and he's turned me on to it because he's embraced uh, hip hop and the culture and the music, which is so so important, man. And it's crazy how you can see parents bring their children into something. You know, I, I watched it with rock music. I've watched it with hip hop. You know, the one underlying theme here is music, and I love how it can bring family members together for sure. Uh, so, a couple questions on this point for you. Right. The first thing is, as an OG with those OG ears and I can maybe we'll just run through a couple different artists so I can see kind of what your opinion is on their kind of hip hop music because we know the kinds of music out there that we may or may not like Uh, so how about we just start with like the Chance the Rapper kind of group what are your thoughts on that kind of sound I mean just Chance itself is dope like Mm -hmm. I'm I'm a big fan of that kind of uh, hip hop gospel sound and that's that's what I gravitated towards uh, the first time I heard him. And also, it goes back to the amount of freedom uh, that we have today, you know, circa, you know, 2016, 2017. In this, this era, there's a, a lot more freedom to express yourself. And not only that, there's a lot more freedom of technology that's available. You know, once upon a time... It, you know, you couldn't produce a mixtape with without having thousands of dollars. Yeah. You know, of equipment, tens of thousands of dollars sometimes for studio time. These days, you can you know, you can have a, a you know a, a Apple computer and you know a, a field mixer or something, a mixing board, and you know for under a grand, you can probably produce something. If not less than that, you can probably do something on your phone. Who knows? So. 
Well, yeah, definitely, man. I mean, Kanye West, look at the Life of Pablo album, one of the biggest songs on there with Kendrick Lamar, No More Parties in L.A. He threw together the beat on an iPad in less than five minutes. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the, the, when, you, when, when you bring up someone like, like Chance, he, he, he is someone, I think, that is uh, very talented, you know, uh, yeah. probably at some point will will be an icon in his own right, a genius in his in his own right, a living legend, you know, in his own right. Uh, you know, again, time will tell. But as of right now, I love everything he's doing. When I see him on a commercial on television, I always smile. When I see him on a, a billboard in a store prom- promoting this or that, you know, most people you would look at somebody and be like, oh, I sell out or whatever. I want Chance the rapper to succeed because he's what's yeah. good for not just black people but for the culture of hip hop. He 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 Absolutely. he embodies I think what's 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 good about that. And someone else who falls in that category is is um is Childish Gambino. Uh you know, he's uh he's he's a a very uh uh talented brother, uh Donald Glover who uh writer, accomplished writer a uh, filmmaker, uh, um, uh, you know, television star, um, MC. Basically, what I want to do with my life on paper. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, you're there. You're, uh, you're there, brother. <laughs> you are there. Watch and see. Uh, but uh, you know, that's another name that that, that po- you know pops out to mind. That I really love this dude, and I enjoy watching him grow as well. Yeah, man. Absolutely. I totally agree. And I do think that Chance is really, really good for oh. hip-hop. It gives hip-hop a good name. Music. When he's getting there. Yeah, music. Absolutely. When he, and I love that he gets the opportunities now, you know, from where he came from to being, you know, susten- suspended for 10 days and making that 10-day, you know, mixtape when he was, what, my age? From that to being on Fallon, to being on Ellen, to being one of the main faces of hip-hop yeah. is so huge. And that's why I agree with you. When I see him on a billboard or whatever in a commercial... I want Chance to be getting paid because he yeah. hasn't been getting paid and he's been making incredible music. Yeah, he's not doing a lot of... I mean, you know, I'm sure he's experimenting and doing foolish stuff, but he, he's not exploiting the culture. I don't feel yeah. like he's exploiting... He's not jumping on top of cars and throwing wads of cash down and he's not, he's not doing a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of foolishness, you know what I mean, that's going to bring shame to the art. You know what I mean? I don't want to sound like yeah. the old dude, but... God damn. No, it's true, man. Every time I see the guy, I, right now I'm getting happy. I, I actually get a smile on my face thinking about him. So that's, that's, what, he, yeah. that's what he embodies, and, 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 and God bless him. Absolutely. And, and that, another thing that I really respect about him is that you know he is a father now, and when he became a father, he actually, I don't know if he's caught this on Twitter or not, but he came out and admitted that for the last couple of years he had been having a severe Xanax addiction. He'd been on it every day. Oh, man. And now that you know, he has a daughter or son, I'm not, I'm not sure exactly, it's time to, you know, become a father and, you know, drop that stuff. So to have an artist actually coming out there and saying, especially in hip-hop, don't do Xanax, which is something that I absolutely hate, is glorified in hip-hop these days. I totally respect that. Why is it, I don't know this now, <laughs> this, this is where I'm in the dark, why is Xanax glorified? It's awful, man, and, and this is the thing. I know what that, it is, but, you know, I didn't know it was glorified. Well, exactly, man. And it is glorified because basically, and I tell people this all the time, hanging out with a bunch of teenagers who listen to this kind of music in their cars, in their houses, is the only reason that I even know this music exists because otherwise I wouldn't listen to it. But you listen to what they're playing at these parties, what they're playing in their car, what they're playing at their house. They're glorifying, you know, mostly cough syrup, lean, perp, whatever. Xanax, perks, all this stuff. And you know, making it something cool to do. And I've watched the people around me start to take these drugs because they're listening to it. And, you know, they're listening to the music. They want to be like that. It's something that just turns my stomach that these dangerous drugs are glorified. What are your thoughts on that? No, yeah, no, I get it. Like today, today it's, it's, it's that, you know, in my heyday it was old English, 840 ounces, you know, to some degree, you know, we, (laughs) yeah, well, I mean, it depends on how much, how much you can handle, you know, because, uh, yeah, you can get pretty numb on some malt liquor, let me tell oh, you. Yeah. Have you ever had a 40? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm drinking out here now, so there ain't no stopping me now. <laughs> God damn, I haven't had a 40 in a minute. We used to, we used to, we used to drink, we would listen to the Beastie Boys back in the days, and then we, you know, the song off their first album, 
um, License to Ill, Brass Monkey was a song. And I remember going in Flint, Michigan. We went, and there's a liquor store in every corner, Cassius. Uh. Literally, there's a liquor store in every corner. We went to about <laughs> three or four different look, liquor stores looking for Brass Monkey. I remember we <laughs> literally we we I, we we must have driven all over Flint, Michigan, looking for this shit. It tasted like ass, and uh, we got drunk off of it. You know, but I, I get that. You know, that's what that's what kids do, and we all do that. We we get influenced by certain things, and yeah, when when it, when we circle back around and get back to Chance, you know, I'd rather absorb his his positive energy and the creativity that that he's pushing than uh you know uh, you know popping pills or or drinking syrup or whatever but i mean i think i think people are going to do what they you know they're going to do what they're going to do we're going to always experiment whether that be with drugs money women religion whatever whatever it is whatever the vice is we're you know it's it, i i think that the artist's responsibility may be not to exploit it I'm all for storytelling, but once you start exploiting yeah. it just to dumb down your music to make the quick buck, then it cheapens your character. Absolutely, man. I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, and that's another thing is that, you know, listening to Future and all these weird artists, you know, I'm sure it would sound great off of Xanax, you know, because right now it sounds like shit to me. <laughs> yeah. No, I listened I listen to your, you did a, a fascinating uh, review of, I think it was Drake's album. Was that the yeah. podcast you did? You know, I learned yeah. I learned a lot about uh, you know the the production of his album and how many writers he had and you know you 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 went all in on him saying you know if you're gonna have that many writers you're gonna have to have some 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 meat to it For something sure. that, that's gonna stick you know and and that 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 makes me proud that makes me feel good that you know brother Cassius is 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 looking for you know something uh, something he can take away you know, from, from his download or the money he spent on that album. And, uh, you know, I think more people uh, are hungry for that, but what are you, you going to do? I mean, like, you know, you, you, have to, you, you have to leave it to the, the, the programmers, which suck, you know, on radio, the people that uh -huh. own the airwaves these days. They, they have an agenda, and you have to, you know, leave it up to yourself and people you know like yourself and podcasts you listen to and uh, DJs and and whoever you follow on Twitter and Instagram to find those crevices, those cracks that that are going to lead you to the good stuff. Absolutely, man. And you know, I, I want to make my point a little more clear, just in case it wasn't already. Yo. I definitely support freedom of expression in music, and I think that these artists have every right to say whatever they like. Uh, but it is an interesting line when you see how many young kids my age that they're they're influencing and it's such a fine line between freedom of expression and influence so where do you think that it stops becoming freedom of expression and starts becoming a negative influence on a generation well i mean it's a uh, it's i mean it probably starts you know with with that paycheck you know once you see that money and and you do the math and you can do the math very fast when you when you write a, a empty hook and it's not saying shit Whatever it's saying, this mumbo jumbo. I, you know, I, I can't really pull one off the top of my head. I'm not going to really shit on any specific artist, but mm. we know who they are. It's yes. you know, it's uh, it's about that cream. It's about that cash, and and people will do that. They, you know, you know, it, why wouldn't you? I mean, it's it's a lot of money at stake, and it's the here and now. They, they you know, you dingle, uh, you 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 hold out a, a, a diamond. Uh, chain and a, La a Lamborghini or something like that in front of someone and give that to him as an advancement to make this specific style of song, then, you know, that's, that's the deal. That's what the, yeah. that's what the record companies are promoting. Uh, the days of, of, uh, <coughs> of the independent labels, I think, kind of fell to the wayside, I guess, in the, maybe in the 90s at some point in time, and they were just bought up by all these big companies. And the, you have to understand, these big companies definitely... I think they have a specific agenda, and that's to make money and also uh, uh, not get, especially the youth. They don't want, what's more dangerous in this world than to have a thinking youth? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Let alone a thinking black man or a black woman. You know what I mean? Right. You don't want, they, they don't want women to think. They don't want black people to think, minorities, or let me just group it all in one. They don't want the oppressed to think. 
And if you're part yeah. of that oppressed, no matter what background you come from, if you're not thinking, what are you? You're controlled. Absolutely. So, I mean... Without, without a doubt, man. You know, you control, you control the media. You control the TV stations. You control the movies. You control the radio um, and, you know, somewhat the internet. You're pumping all these distractions 24 hours a day. It's going to control a, a, a large group of people. And you see yeah. it. You see it with some of your friends, I'm sure. And uh, oh. I see it, and we see it with artists. But you know, I, I've, I've sur- surrounded myself with a couple key people over the past few years that I've been able to, you know, fall back in love with hip hop and the culture, and, uh, and 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 witness and meet some really cool people. Yeah, definitely. And it's such an ever-changing culture, and it's always interesting you know, to watch where it's going to go next, especially when some of those OGs come back up with some new music and you get to hear it influenced by the newer style. Um, you were talking about how they, people want the minorities to stay oppressed, or the oppressed to stay oppressed, rather. Uh, and you know, that kind of, the rebellion against that has sparked a lot of movement, especially in the United States lately. Of course, I'm, I know you're familiar with Black Lives Matter. Uh, so question for you, as a United States citizen, what exactly are your thoughts on Black Lives Matter? And do you think that it's actually achieving the goal that it was originally put out to achieve? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, Black Lives Matter is just a, it, well, I can't sum it up and say it's just, but it, I believe we need Black Lives Matter because if you don't have people to speak up, for the oppressed, in this case, you know, anyone of color. And, and, and that's the thing they don't get. I, I think that they, meaning the oppressors, uh, and even, even people who are not doing the oppressing. Let's say it could be someone in, in Idaho or someone living in Canada who, don't, who, who just might not understand what's been, going, what's been going on for hundreds of years is black people have been being raped, have been being killed, murdered, and it doesn't matter. It's the, I see dogs that get treated better than black people, and when I mean black people, I mean our you know Arab Americans, Latino Americans, uh, people from all different uh, quote unquote minorities. Yes, right? yeah, ethnic backgrounds. But uh, you, you need to organize, and 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 through that organization, you demonstrate, and through the the demonstrations, uh, your voices are heard because you then start to impact the multitude. Uh, if not, they just want you to be just dumb and silent. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Of course, we know that the oppressor controls the media outlets, and they're going to distract you and, 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 and put stuff out there online and put it out there on TV, but that's not going to stop us from demonstrating. We've been doing this for a long time. And, uh-huh. and one thing we have on our side right now is that of time. And right now, minorities have spent up to seven... Now again, I just read stuff online and I listen to a couple podcasts and I you know piece things together. I'm not not that smart, but black people in America will spend up to seventeen billion dollars in just entertainment and arts and 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 to the economy itself. Think about that for a minute. Think about how much we contribute to the economy here in the, in the States. And it may not be 17, you know, I'm sure someone will call me out on that, but you know, do the math on how much we spend. There's buying power within that. That being said, cash is, you know, when you talk about black lives matter, one of the things that, that I've been talking about, I've talked about it more than a few times on my podcast. I've, I talk about it with some of the younger cats I hang out with uh, and, and, and family members. But one of the things that's missing from the conversation of the oppressed is I think separatism should be invoked in the conversation. I think we have all these different things to, you know, to, to rule out racism and to, to, uh, uh, to, to, to change the country or the world for the better good. But I really think that the, uh, the, 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 the black man, black person, uh, or, or even I'll take it a step, step further. If, I'll include the hip hop community at large. Um, okay. uh, people of all walks need to start talking about separatism, and when I mean separatism, I mean separatism from uh, the uh, the people doing the oppressed. 
why you why well, you know if they're going to shop if they're going to buy stuff from us, if they're going to buy our records, if they're going to, you know, wear our clothes and 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 take our style, take our music, we need to charge them. And when I mean by separatism, I mean we need to come up with some sort of our own currency, like a Bitcoin or something like that. And again, I'm not that smart to figure this shit out, but we should have our own banks, we should have our own system where that money comes through us, and through those banking and through that 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 those funds, we run our own community. We essentially would break off from the government that we have in America and form our own. I think that is a conversation that some of the smarter people should should be having. Of course, everyone, for whatever reason, they keep going to the same table and begging for the same thing, and mm-hmm. decade after decade, we're still getting murdered. We're still getting raped. You know what I mean? We're still getting lynched. Uh, we're still getting spat on. We're still not getting the jobs. So many people, not just black people, so many people are left out that I think we need to stop. I think I think I just I, I believe this cash is that we need to start thinking about some other system. I don't know what you know. Maybe maybe I shouldn't even be saying that. Maybe that's treason. Who knows? But you know, it's not the first time I've said it. It's, I'm not the first one to bring this up. You know, it's it's been talked about. Malcolm X uh, has, has talked about it. Um, uh, 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 Elijah Muhammad talked about it. I mean, a lot of a lot of people have talked about it over the years, and it falls on deaf ears. But today, the amount of money that's generated in music and culture, uh, you know, if, if you stop spending, you know, with NBC and Coca-Cola and Pepsi and McDonald's and Walmart. If we just stop and we put it in our own system, imagine the impact that would have. Let's it's have, a wrap. Man, I mean, come on. You know, and people don't, but people don't want to think. That's on a very large scale and it's very yeah. controversial. Well, yeah, and I'm sure there's a lot of people, you know, who are listening who will have mixed opinions on that. And if you do have opinions, I welcome you to tweet them, you know, to me or Malcolm. <laughs> You're going to think I'm crazy. You know? Yeah, th- well, hey, that's all right. You know, that's that's what we're here for. We can say what you like, say what you oh, feel, man. Shit. So Wait. talking about, you know, what you, what you were making a point about when it comes to, you know, the oppressed, do you buy into the fact that this is more of an issue in, in the United States or do you feel like that is something that, has been blown out of proportion, and it's a worldwide issue. Oh, it's worldwide, man. I mean, look what's going on. Huh? Look who's running things. Who occupies Africa? Look who occupies Africa. Great mm-hmm. Britain and France. Africans yeah. don't occupy Africa. I mean, you got the kingdom of Ethiopia, but I mean, you look around the world who's running things, right? So, I mean, yeah, yeah I, I got to deal with the here and now. You know what I mean? I, I you know, born and raised in the U.S. of A. I got enough you know, heat on my back. So and and God knows the target I'm putting on myself by talking separatism, but it is a um, it is some, uh, there are there have been oppressed people all over the world far worse off than the, than the U.S. United States of America. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's all over. And I think that the, the the that we do live in a very special time where we can mobilize just by using these little devices that I have in my hand. You know, this phone uh, is all you need. That's all you need. A computer, a phone, yes. That's it. And, and you, can, you can contact people in, in, in a second, less than a second. You can organize. You can do so many things. You can reach masses of people. So when I hear someone like, when I hear someone like Lil Wayne or, um, or, or Kanye West or um, any of these artists that have, you know, Four million followers on Instagram or more. I don't know Twitter, whatever they have. Lil Wayne said in an interview that he's never experienced racism. He doesn't know what that is. God bless yeah. him. And you know I believe him. God bless him. I'm not mad at him because he was born in a specific time, and he had a spe- he had a, a, a opportunity to generate uh, a lot of money very fast and live in a in in a bubble. You, that was created that shielded him from what goes on in the world. But if he look, should he slip up at any point in time and lose that money? I guarantee you, day number one, that he's out of money and he finds himself in a tight spot. He'll know exactly what racism is in is in, in America and the world. Guarantee you. Yeah, 
and that was a really interesting interview with Lil Wayne because I, I did watch the interview too. Where you know, I'm sure that if you took a look at some of his YouTube comments, he definitely has experienced racism. Uh, but then again, you do you know you mentioned the bubble that he's he's kind of been in for so long. He's been doing Everywhere it since he's a kid. Yeah, he's been doing it. He yeah. I, I remember him way back in the days. You know, yeah, of course. But I mean, who I w- I would love a world where you wouldn't feel uncomfortable when you and your girlfriend go out. I would love a world where I wouldn't have to have those conversations with my son. Of course, we all want that. But to, to, to have that, you have to be able to manipulate the, your reality or the, the, the reality of what's around you, the world. And in order to ma- manipulate that, you have to have a lot of money. And he's yeah. always had a lot of money. So, yeah, people are going to be coming at him because of his wealth. You know what I mean? They're going to be nice to him. They're going to, you know... They're going to give him what he wants because he can do so. But if he loses that, you know, and when he when he when he uses that reckless language and when he gives an interview like that, he doesn't seem to understand that there are children, there are kids, there are grown men and women all over the world who don't have what he has. And they are feeling that heat. And they're 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 actually five percent of the community, if not more. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, uh, uh, you know, and the same thing with Kanye West when he was talking about, you know, uh, swinging back around on Donald Trump that, you know, he did this, he did that. And, you know, he if he would have voted, he would have voted for Trump. Well, you know, you're out of the conversation now, dude, because you didn't even vote. There are people that there are a lot of people that were lynched, set on fire, murdered, raped, just trying to get you the right to vote. So the fact yeah. that he didn't and when people sit up and they talk to me and they're like, ah. You know, I don't, uh, you know, and I get it. You, the, the reason why you have the right to have the choice not to vote or demonstrate or march is because someone was murdered. Someone was raped. Someone was lynched, set on fire. That's the reason why you have that comfort right now. But people don't, they don't, why would, why would they care and why would they even want to research this? Because they've somehow manipulated their a, a reality to live in a new reality and you know yeah god bless yeah, him man. Kanye is an interesting case for sure he's got that arrogance about him and i think that him particularly the bubble that fame puts around you really really affected him when you when you know you watch him interviewed back in the day and then compared till now it's a very drastic change that i haven't witnessed with a, a huge amount of artists but he's one of them that i've witnessed it with for sure yeah, no, he's he he's definitely a dope artist. There's no doubt about that. He's made some, you know, incredible, incredible albums and uh, huge Yeah, no, I mean, I, I I don't think anyone even disputes that. You know, even you know his latest work, you know, love it or or, or not, um, you know, he he he's definitely one of those you know polarizing figures in pop culture, and uh, who knows what's going to happen next with him. But uh, I think they. Um, I, I just hope some of these brothers and sisters wake up, you know. I mean, not yeah. e- not everyone has to be Malcolm X. Not everyone has to be, you know, Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Not everyone has to be that role. Sometimes we need, you know, a Mick Jagger or we need a, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, a, a rock star, should I say, you know, within the culture of hip-hop and, and music itself. And, yeah. uh, you know, not all... You know, not all artists are meant to, you know, carry that weight. Not all of them can. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite the thing to have on your shoulders. Just a couple more points I want to touch on with you before we wrap it up here. And one of those things is, and I'm not sure how you're, how you're going to feel about this, but as an outside person in Canada, this is kind of how I've seen things. Yeah. Uh, in your opinion, do you feel like the people, and I feel like in every movement, there's people who deter from the cause and kind of make it about them. And, you know, you saw it with uh, the whole Wall Street protests. You see it with all the Trump things. You know, people kind of take this as an opportunity to, you know, to, you know, show how tolerant they are and make it about them. And I've seen a lot of people who claim to be part of the Black Lives Matter movement who have been doing things to that are counterproductive to the message, sure. such as showing up at a Milo, Milo Yiannopoulos demonstration at a university and holding up signs and screaming and stopping the demonstration and actually assaulting the speaker to people screaming Black Lives Matter when they are given a legitimate parking ticket and such. And I know that there's yeah, yeah. thousands of people pulled over, you know, wrongfully just because they're black. 
but the people who were pulled over rightfully, do you think that if they stopped these things and stopped attaching it to the name Black Lives Matter would give a little bit? Because you know there's people out there, and I, I do believe in the movement, but there's people out there who don't for specifically yeah. that reason. No, yeah, no, yeah, def- definitely. Yeah, there's definitely people that take advantage of of uh, you know the the movement the cause uh, they 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 definitely there are people that that can um, over exaggerate a situation and blame it on racism um, that that exists that's right but that's that's really up to the um, I think that this is where it's very important that we have trained professionals in law enforcement. Trained professionals that are are governing the state, um, trained professionals that uh, you know that, that 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 you know distribute the media content on 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 the news, the the reporters. Um, I think everyone shares that weight of responsibility, uh, and and even the the you know the the people that uh, uh, even even the victims of some. You know, to, to in some way, but you're always going to get you're always going to get people that that are quick to say, oh, you know, if they if they don't get their fries fast enough in McDonald's, it's because they're racist. You know what I mean? That yeah. exists. That definitely exists. You know, they're yeah. loud mouths. There's always people selling wolf tickets, as my grandmother <laughs> used to say. Um, there's yeah, there's it exists. You know, and it, it's just like we were talking earlier about Chance the Rapper. You know who's authentic, right? You know. For sure. You know it, and you know the people that are selling those uh, wolf tickets. I like that glass you had. It was Gene Simmons. I don't know if you can see my glass, but mine is... Uh, uh, mine is... Yes, right. Also, once <laughs> I known... I feel like I should have that glass. <laughs> uh, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's once known as Cassius. Namesake. And I've been, I've been learning my history about my namesake, by the way. I've been going back to the, that archive footage and seeing the legend that is my namesake, by the way. Yeah, I met... Uh, I have a picture. Uh, I think it's on my Instagram. Uh, of me and Muhammad Ali when I was I was like uh, maybe I don't know six months old. Uh, he was at a rally in Michigan uh, that uh, uh, my dad would back in the day would uh, demonstrate and protest and lead a lot of marches and would shut things down. And Muhammad Ali showed up to one of them, and uh, it was uh, it was one of those things where we got a picture. But um, yeah, no, it's it's important. I believe in the cause. I believe in demonstrating. I believe. Uh, that uh, what you said that there are people out there that they're in it for themselves and they show up at these things for that you know that that 15 minutes of stardom but I mean you know we, there's too much information out there cash there's too many things going on there's definitely a flood of distractions out there I mean I saw a video uh, about an hour ago of a young lady that was being uh, assaulted by a police officer and it was a body cam thing and you know, I I was so pissed off at it, but I didn't post it because I don't know what happened before, mm-hmm. what led up. I don't know if it was edited. I can't tell, so I don't I don't post a lot of stuff when it that I see it online. A lot of people do, and they they comment on it because yes, it does get that reaction. But I don't even know the person that who's the person that that uploaded it. Maybe they're they're getting it for clicks so they can get yeah. sponsorship. I don't know. The you know the media it's 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 the wild west on the internet so you just you really don't know where and you have to really check your sources and and know where you're getting your information uh, whether that's in person whether that's within a movement like Black Lives Matter uh, whether it's uh, online content and or you know I have the TV running right now uh, and some of the some of these uh, media outlets you know they're suspect too they're they're a lot of them are in cahoots. With the same very people that they're pissing and moaning about. Yeah, absolutely, and and it's been speculated that there's a ton of Trump supporters who even voted for Trump who are marching in these rallies because their boss said to do it. You know, they were talking about oh, that on Rogan the other night. It's, you know, crazy stuff like that. Who knows but what's going on? Everyone, on yeah, everyone's pissed off. I had a couple friends of mine call up, call me up the other day, and they were like, "Man, I think I got I got duped." You know, they voted for <laughs> Trump, and they you know they're feeling it. But you know, I I, I told them I was like, you know. I, I could I have used that uh, as an opportunity to you know be bigger than 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 what's going on and say ah I look at you now or something like that no I just said look it happens I'm sorry you feel that way let's just hold on for the ride and see what happens I'm not saying I'm better but I mean 
we're friends. Like, you know, we, we may differ on our political views and they may have voted because of how they were feeling uh, at the time or, or, or something that they believed. And if they right now feel like they've been duped, it doesn't mean I'm going to give them wrong information. That's the, that's, that's the test of the person. And I think we're, yeah. we are all tested. And I think some of those individuals, to get back to your, your question, I think that some of those individuals, whether they're in Black Lives Matter or outside of it and they're just screaming it just to scream it, that's the test that, that, that they have to rise to. And if they fail at that time, I think um, there are smart people like yourself uh, that witness that, that we're smart enough to figure out who's who and, and who we're going to listen to. The only way to really realize, as you said, who has their eyes open is to keep your eyes open and to not be fooled by everybody who kind of hides under this cloak of whatever movement. There's a lot of trickery out there, Cassius. A lot of trickery. Definitely, man. Absolutely. Malcolm, it's, it's always a pleasure to speak to you, and I thank you so much for coming on the show. Man, I'm telling you, Cassius, right now, I'm just having a hard time, you know, with my son. He's 15. He's doing all sorts of stuff, communicating on the, he, you know, I, I got him the, the Apple Watch. He's got the phone. You know, when I call him, he doesn't pick up. I'm like, you got you 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 got a phone and you got the watch. What's the problem? You know, he's on he's on Snapchat. I don't even know anything. You know, there's certain cats. OG shouldn't even be on Snapchat. You know what I mean? I think there should be like a cutoff. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not going to get any any snaps from from me. You know what I mean? I'm definitely not going to get any dick pic, pics and stuff like that. You're not going to get. I don't <laughs> do. I don't do what with what what sexting and all that. I just I can't do it. You know what I mean? When I'm Cassius, when I'm in the shower, I close my eyes. Okay, <laughs> I don't like to see things. We don't, don't need photographic evidence at this point. I don't <laughs> need it, man. I'm a, I'm a simple man. You know, I I I I I've, I've been podcasting now for a few years, as you know, and uh, influenced by you. Rogan, uh, Corolla. I recently uh, got to see Bill Burr live, and he's an influence of mine. And and uh, you know, I, I I do have my opinions, but I, I I refuse to try to force them on people. My podcast, American Riddle, is um, sorry for the plug, but I had to do it. The please do is uh, is is I started that as a, a journal. It's a personal journal to my son because we live in separate households. So I started the podcast to. Um, uh, to to kind of leave a paper trail for him if he ever wanted to listen to pops, whether I'm around or not. And I've I you know I I I only have one listener I want to listen to that podcast, but I've managed to pick up a few people here and there. We're not big, but we're my 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 following is loyal, and and uh, you know that's all I'm doing, man. I appreciate you uh, having me on your show. Thank you, man. Now, where can we find the American Riddle podcast? Because I tell all my listeners right now, I, I listen to the show very often. It's, it's a great podcast, so I definitely check that out. Yeah, it's 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 much like this episode, the ramblings of a madman. But uh, it's uh, you can you you can find uh, find it on AmericanRiddle.com. So it's just American R I D D L E dot com. Uh, it's on iTunes. I, I don't have it, you know, widely. Uh, I don't even know how to distribute it, to be honest. Maybe I need to take a a course from you, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, you can, you, you, yeah, if you just, you know, go on AmericanRiddle.com, it's there, and it's also on iTunes. Uh, um, you can find me on Instagram at Malcolm Riddle, Twitter at Malcolm Riddle. I don't have aliases. You know, you get to a certain <laughs> age, you know, if you Google Malcolm Riddle, it all comes up. Yeah, um, I had to make that switch at like 15 because I didn't want to actually do it later. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, no, it's my, that's me. That's my brand, you know. It's like, it just is what it is. Maybe I have a little Trump in me or something. Everywhere you go, you see yeah. the you see the name Riddle. So <laughs> yeah, see it on, on the side of buildings pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. I mean, you know what I mean, I'm I have no wealth, no money, and I you know I, I'd like to think I can grab pussy, but you know it doesn't doesn't <laughs> doesn't always work in in my favor. I just uh, try to keep my keep my hands to myself. So, Quite the controversial tactic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I roll. Well, I want to thank all my listeners for listening, and uh, you know it's great to have you guys on board. If you're looking for more of the Cassius Morris Show, please go to CassiusMorris.com for all past and future episodes. I'm also on iTunes, the Cassius Morris Show, and the Facebook and Twitter pages. I'm trying to grow those pages, so it's Facebook.com slash Cassius Show, 
and on Twitter at Cassius Morris. And one more thing, and Malcolm, I always forget to mention this at the end, and I think it's important. If you like the show and you listen on iTunes, please head over to the iTunes page and rate and review this podcast, preferably positive. If not, whatever, at least you're taking the time to have your opinion heard. So thank you for listening, and until next time, rock on. And that was our conversation, Cassius Morris. He is, uh, like I said, I mean, he is a sharp, sharp young man. 18 years young, running things in Canada, and uh, he's he's on the rise. I, I expect big things from Cassius. I mean, he's been he's been honing his skills since the age of 10. Like I said at the top of the show, and uh, you know he's uh, got his 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 sights fixed on uh, comedy, uh, writing, podcasting, uh, TV, and and beyond. And I believe he's gonna. He's going to go down that checklist and check each one of those off. I, I really believe he's a, a rising star in the um, in the world of uh, of m- media, not just the internet or podcasting. He seems to uh, really attract, uh, you know, what we talked about in our our conversation about what's authentic. Uh, he he embodies uh, the truth of the uh the the spirit of the culture not not hip hop but just the arts itself and I, I believe in him and i believe in brother cassius be sure you um uh, follow him um at cassius morris on twitter you can find him on instagram uh i'll post those links uh on this podcast so when you click on the podcast to download and listen to it i'll have all his information so thanks for tuning in I shall return with the African with attitude, um, and uh, I look forward uh, to a successful and a uh, an interesting 2017 domino motherfucker. The American Riddle Podcast. Malcolm Riddle. Riddle. The American Riddle Podcast.